Hello, and welcome to Sunday Devotionals with John and Rachel. We're so honored to have you join us as we explore God's truth and get to know him in a more authentic and intimate way. As we go through life, many of us have questions, concerns, and issues that may hinder us from fully embracing who God is and who he's called us to be. These devotionals are designed to help us navigate life and all that comes with it, learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case, tea, and join us as we fellowship. Now, we hope that you guys have been enjoying this series. Unfortunately, a lot of us have been living beneath our privilege as Christians. You know, there's a level of confidence that you get in walking with the Lord and knowing who you are is priceless. It's nothing like knowing your rights. Like if you get stopped by a police officer, right? You're going to have more security and more confidence and you're going to feel more safe if you know your rights. If you know the law, if you have an idea of what limitations that police officer has, what rights that person has. The same thing in the spirit, same thing with our identity in Christ. We'll know how far the enemy can go. We'll know when we're being tested and tried, we'll have an idea of, okay, this is all going to work out for my good. There's a peace and a confidence that you'll have walking with the Lord. And that's what we want. That's what we want. We want to be able to live confidently and walk boldly before the Lord because he knows who we are and we know who we are. Christianity is not just a term that we use. It's equivalent to one of those boxes that we check when we fill out forms and they want to know what you claim is your ethnicity and what Mm -hmm. you claim is your identity. I think they need to put Christian on there because Christian is we are part of another kingdom. Like it's literal, right? God is looking down on us as a new race and it doesn't matter. Black, white, rich, poor, Jew, Gentile. That's the whole point. God has unified us under Christ. So that gives us access to spiritual blessings. That gives us access to a whole new realm in the spirit that actually works in this life. So we have access to supernatural things that we can now access in this life for God to give us wisdom on decisions. We can pray and God intervenes in our situation supernaturally. It's just a whole nother level of living that God has given us access to because we've come into faith in Jesus Christ. So understanding this beyond church, this is you living a Christian life and it merges with your natural life. So Christian is not just a checkbox that you picked. It's who you are. This is how God has categorized all of us. This is Ephesians 4 um, verse 17. And this is the amplified Mm -hmm. version for those that know. I love the amplified version because it gives you the scripture, but it also breaks down certain words. So Ephesians 4 17 says, so this I say and solemnly affirm together with the Lord as in his presence that you must no longer live as the unbelieving Gentiles live in the futility of their minds and in the foolishness and emptiness of their souls for their moral understanding is darkened and their reasoning is clouded. They are alienated and self banished from the life of God with no share in it, this is, because of the willful ignorance and spiritual blindness that is deep-seated within them, Mm. because of the hardness of their heart. And they, the ungodly in their spiritual apathy, having become callous and unfeeling, have given themselves over as prey to unbridled sensuality, eagerly craving the practice of every kind of impurity, that their desires may demand. Okay, so basically what this is saying is, now that you have come into the light, and this is the contrast that he's saying, now that you've come into the light, 
I'm going to show you what real dirt is, right? So it's almost like, you know, when, you, when you're cleaning, you know, you're cleaning something white, right? And you're cleaning something white with the lights off, right? And you're scrubbing, 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 cleaning. Once you turn that light on and you see that thing, there's another, there was a whole nother shade of white that that could have been, right? Thinking like this, in order for us to know that we're appreciating what Christ has done for us, yeah. is up against the purity of who Christ is, you start to measure your own self. And you start to see how wicked, how bad little things that we used to do really are. So you'll start to see the contrast of God's holiness in comparison to what we used to be like. Ah, that's not a big deal. So this is where that contrast comes in, where once you start getting closer to God, once you start getting more in tune with what God desires from you, the more you'll start to see your depravity, the more you start to see areas in your life that need to be worked on. Right. And like we often say, this is where we have to be careful because what the enemy wants us to do and what we would want to do in our own ability is try to fix ourselves in that way. And that's how people get religious and start to do checklist things and all that stuff, because it's like God is not showing you your depravity for you to fix it. He's showing you your depravity for you to come closer to him so that he can fix you. Right. So the work of believing and the work of walking with God is not as cleaning ourselves more so it is us coming closer to God to be cleaned. So that's really a powerful thing that I'm praying that all of us get it as we're coming into Christ. We're also coming into more freedom in Christ. And what that means is the closer you get to God, the dirtier you're going to see yourself. The more you're going to be tempted to wrestle with all these types of things that cause you to feel the need to have to clean yourself. Right. And that's where faith comes in because, you know, as a human, we tend to take on control Mm -hmm. and we tend to think that we can do things in our own power and strength because we're physical. So, you know, like you have control over your physical bodies. Mm -hmm. So if you want something, you go get it. If Mm -hmm. you, you know, Mm -hmm. feel something, you take care of it. So, There's a natural inclination or a natural temptation, rather, to try and fix it on your own because you see the problem. But that's where faith comes in, because you're constantly having to tell yourself that I don't have the power or the ability to take care of or to remove those things about me. And it has to come through the blood of Christ. That's right. And that's the foundation of salvation. That's why the playing field is level, though. I keep, I always, you that's said my, it. That's my saying. You said the it. That's why. Like, that's why. Everybody yep. is in the same spot. We start at the same mark and we are in need of the same thing. Amen. And so that's why faith is so important. It's vital because that's really what it's going to take for you to get to the next level in God because you can only do it by having the faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. That's right. And just think about how liberating that is. You're not going to see in the Bible where God is telling you to do something that he's not helping you with. He doesn't want you to live this life without him. He's designed it so he can live it through you. But he gave us free will. So our free will must give God permission and access to the deepest parts of our hearts and soul so that he can live this life of holiness, this life of purity through us. The Bible tells us that it is God that works in us both to will and do what he wants us to do. So God wants to help you please him, but we have to allow him to help us. And this is the work that we do. So what a Christian lifestyle is basically talking about is God is calling us to be imitators of Christ. It's like, you know, like little kids, right? Little kids learn how to live human lives by imitating their parents. 
<laughs> they imitate, right? When, even without the full understanding of what it means to be a human being or a grown up or whatever it is, they learn how to speak because they imitate what they hear. They learn how to forgive because they imitate. They learn how to be angry because they imitate. They learn, everything that they're doing is they're imitating what they're seeing. And God is saying in the same way, if you see who you are and you see who I am and you see all that I have, I have given you through Christ, the value, your value of that is going to cause you to mimic it. And let me just add, yeah. uh, there's a saying, fake it till you make it, right? Mm-hmm. Your example made me think of another example, um, the late and great Dr. Eloise Young. Amen. Uh, God, God bless her. Yeah. Um, she was, to me, one of my style icons. And she was huge with heels. Anybody that knows her know her shoe game was ridiculous, right? And so as a young girl and a teenager, I always peeped her game. Like I was always looking at her shoes and she would give me her (laughs) hand-me-downs. If you want to call designer shoes hand-me-downs, she would give them to me. And I began to imitate her wearing them and I would wear kind of her, you know, her leftovers. And as I grew up, it began to be ingrained in me to the point where now it's like innate. Like I like I love shoes and it's become a part of me. Mm -hmm. At first, as a teenager, I didn't know what I was doing. I was imitating her by just wearing what she wore. But as I matured and I grew up and I started to realize what I liked and I realized, oh, that's why she used to wear these shoes. It became a part of me. Uh And now it's me. Like anybody that knows me knows I love shoes because it was something that I imitated that became a part of me. You know, it's a loose analogy. But what am I saying? If we imitate Christ and we follow the teachings of Christ and we follow what Christ did As we do it and as we go and mature, it becomes a part of us Mm -hmm. until it's innate Mm -hmm. and we do it without thinking. And we're like, oh, yes, that's why Jesus says love your enemies, because it's like hot coals. And then you win them over. Now you've won over and they become a brother because you've done what Christ said to do. Yeah. This is like a secret. It's like a secret cheat code to life. Think about it. Right. If we tap into that. There are going to be access points and different things that our obedience is going to allow our life to experience in ease and a peace that otherwise we wouldn't experience. So basically what this chapter is saying is it's really giving us a guideline of different things that we would naturally do as an old man. But at the same time, um, now that we see ourselves in the light of Christ and how pure Christ is and how holy God is. Now, these things that we used to do are going to become more like, ah. Wow, that's really what it looked like what I was doing to God. Like it wasn't me telling a white lie. It was a half truth. But a half truth to God is a major lie. Right. It's the same thing. So me getting angry and allowing my anger to cause me to react in a negative way. Anger is not the problem. It's the fact that I allow my anger to control me. So now what this does is now a Christian lifestyle is now putting a demand on what you would do naturally, causing you to pay attention to it more. And this is the work of the Holy Spirit saying, "Okay, you know what, brother, you got anger problems, man. You know that you're struggling. You know, you got bitterness in your heart. But let me show you what this bitterness is doing to you and doing to others. Mm -hmm. So now the Holy Spirit zooms into the issue and starts to show you parts of it that not only affect you, but affect other people. 
right? And if you allow the Holy Spirit to work through you in that way, and this is all an inner working thing that happens, you start to see, oh man, uh, I, I, I need to be cleaner in this area, Lord. You, you got to help me. God will begin to show you those things and then you'll feel a desire for them to be changed. So once you start feeling that desire for them to be changed, that's when you allow the Holy Spirit to work on you and you surrender your will and say, Lord, you're working on this thing. Let me let go and allow you to be what you need to be in my life. There's a very, very popular scripture here in the 30th verse of, of Ephesians 4. I'm going to read it to you here. And this kind of sums up what we're saying about the work of the Holy Spirit and helping you to live this life. Like this is not we can't live a Christian life in our own efforts. And we keep saying that like you can't live a holy Christian life in your own efforts. It's impossible. And that's not God's will for you to live it in your own efforts. So verse 30 says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, but seek to please him by whom you were sealed and marked, branded as God's own for the day of redemption, the final deliverance from the consequences of sin. When you come into relationship with Christ and you come into faith with Christ, what happens is the Holy Spirit seals you. It's like a Ziploc bag, right? You've come into Christ and now you are sealed. That means your life in Christ has a security with it. So that basically means that the Holy Spirit is committed to helping you become all that God has desired for you to be. And that is knowing God's will. That is overcoming things that you've been struggling with. That is becoming the purest, holiest person that God has designed you to be. But it's not in your strength. It's in the strength of of God. The Holy Spirit job is also going to show you what you really look like. He's going to show you every little thing about you that needs to be worked on to cause you to come into who God called you to be. And that is very uncomfortable. And I think that's where we as Christians and we as human beings kind of buck up things like, listen, I don't, I don't want to be feeling like this all the time. I don't want to, uh, but the Holy Spirit knows your real value. So he knows how precious you are to God. He knows how important God's call is on your life. He knows what God put you in this world for. He knows. So he is coming alongside you, helping you to walk and navigate all these crazy times and all these issues that you have in your life so that we can succeed. And the consequences of sin will come off of us when we go see Jesus. God branded us like God's name is on us. So every one of us who claim to be Christians actually represent God. Like, just think about that. Like we are God's representatives in the earth. It's not just a slogan. There is a lifestyle and there is an imitation of God that Paul is telling the Ephesians, like, okay, you're Christians. This is what a Christian looks like on the outside. Mm. So a Christian doesn't tell half truths. Christian doesn't spread rumors. Christian, they may be angry, but they don't allow their anger to lead them to sin. And they do not give an opportunity for the devil to lead them into grudges, nurturing anger, harboring resentment, or cultivating bitterness. If you're stealing, stop stealing. Right. If you let unwholesome language come out your mouth, begin to stop letting unwholesome language come out your mouth. Why? Because, not because, oh, because God said so. That's one of the reasons, but also because you know your value. You understand that you are not your own anymore and you are a new creature, right? So it's more so of a posture that your heart changes towards God. And it's like, Lord, first of all, let's start here. Certain things that are unpleasing to you, I don't want to do them anymore. Even if you're still doing them, 
God has to change the I don't want to part. Right. That's that's really what it is. And you don't want to do something long enough. Eventually. It'll fall off of you. And I think also it's important to adapt the mindset of why, because you're working for the greater good. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's basically essentially what it's saying Mm -hmm. at the end of, of the chapter. If you stole, don't steal anymore. Why? So that you can instead of stealing, get a job so that you can help those that need it. Mm hmm. So it's, it's not necessarily just about ourselves. Like, yes, we, we are regenerating and we're becoming a new person in Christ. But it's not just for us to enjoy the benefits on our for own. For ourselves, that's true. It's, it's for the greater good, which is for everybody else around us to reap the benefits. Like we did, like we talked about in the series before about the fruit of the spirit, mm-hmm. right? The fruit, yes, we are partaking of the fruit that the spirit produces in our lives, mm-hmm. but also the people around us at some point should be producing the fruit that comes from the spirit being in our life, mm-hmm. right? If the spirit is active in our life, then the fruit that's produced by that, everybody around us should be partaking of that. So the same thing goes with this. Like we've become a completely different person. So now the people around us should be benefiting from that new person, that new creature, that mm-hmm. the, the things that we did before, them seeing the transformation will cause them to believe if they're an unbeliever. Amen. If they're a believer, it will cause their their faith to become even stronger. That's hopefully. right. That's right. And you're so right, babe. Like, it's getting out of that it's like selfish mindset and, and um, which which is a prevailing mindset in our climate. Like. A lot, a lot of people just, they just, the default position is, you know, if it don't got nothing to do with me, then it don't got nothing to do with anything. And God is trying to show us that we're united in Christ and we are one body. And all the things that would divide us are not in consideration when it comes to the kingdom of God. That we are all one body, you know, one organism, precious, you know, beautifully made. Like your, your confidence in God will go to a whole nother level because you understand all that God has given you through your faith in Christ. And this is the, the central verse. So if, if I would give you any verse to remember, any verses for our central theme for this particular book, it's Ephesians chapter two, verses eight through 10. For it is by grace, God's remarkable compassion and favor drawing you to Christ that you have been saved, actually delivered from judgment and given eternal life through faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, not through your own effort, but it is the undeserved, gracious gift of God, the level playing field, right? Not as a result of your works, nor your attempts to keep the law so that no one will be able to boast or take credit in any way for this salvation, For we are, now this is what God thinks about us, right? Now this is powerful. If you can, if I can take this and give it to you in a pill and make you swallow it, listen to this. For we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works for which God prepared for us beforehand taking paths, which he set so that we would walk in them, living the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us. 
That's a mouthful. That's a lot to digest. But that's basically, if we had to take a verse and tie Ephesians up and its sentiment to how God thinks about us and what all we have in Christ and the reason why we have it is because it's all on God. God did all this on his own for us because he, he desired to do it. This is the verse. These are the verses that we would jump in. So now our responsibility to that is to imitate God and to reflect our appreciation for the great life that God has given us through Christ. Five starts with saying, therefore, become imitators of God, copy him and follow his example as well-beloved children imitate their father and walk continually in love. That is, value one another, practice empathy and compassion, unselfishly seeking the best for others, just as Christ also loved and gave himself up for us in offering and sacrifice to God, slain for you so that it became a sweet fragrance. So because of an understanding of who you are, we become imitators of God. Mm-hmm. And what that means is copy him. That means follow him to the best of your ability, realizing that it's not you doing it on your own. It is the Holy Spirit working through you to help you imitate God. So our work is the allowing. Our work is constantly surrendering. Like, Lord, I don't know how to do this. Lord, help me through this. Lord, this is an issue that I know that I have, but I know it's not pleasing to you. I need your help. And you walk with God through that valley, through that hard time. There is therefore now no condemnation. So because you, you might be struggling with vices and, and addictions and things like that that are going on in your life. Once you acknowledge the fact that, Lord, I need your help in this area because a part of me still enjoys this. Help me to see this issue like you see it. And once you pray that prayer earnestly, God will begin. The Holy Spirit will begin to show you how he sees that. And now all of a sudden what you thought was white was really off white. And you're like, nah, man, this is not clean enough. Then your desires start to get changed and you start to come into that newness and that change that was always destined for you, but just required you to surrender your will to God on another level. But it comes from a posture of gratitude, though, right? Like the willingness and desire to change must come from a sense of value. Like, what do I need to change for? Like, what, what, what do I need to live a better life for? Like, what's, it, what's, what's the incentive for, for me to live a better life? The incentive is you see the value of who God has made you. You see his plans for you. You see his, his desire, his heart for you. You see all the things that you have because you gave your life to the Lord. And now that will cause you to want to live up to that standard that God sees you as. But that's the inner working process of the heart. Mm-hmm. And we're all being worked on. All of us are on that same journey. The Bible says that he's perfecting us in holiness. That means we are being perfected every day. That as you living with God, you're you're coming together in a sense of community. You're praying. You're seeking counsel from people who've been on the road with the Lord for a while. You know, you're coming together in groups like this to support and push you and guide you towards the will of God. All of that stuff begins to start really taking root in your heart and you start to become this new person. Change is inevitable. You'll start to respect God and you'll start to mimic what you respect. So that's basically the gist of what the Christian lifestyle is. Verse 10, you jump down there and it says, trying to learn by experience what is pleasing to God 
and letting your lifestyles be examples of what is most acceptable to him. Your behavior expresses gratitude to God for your salvation. So our behavior, the Bible says, is a way that God sees that we're grateful to him for the salvation that he's wrought in our lives. So because we're grateful for all that he's done, we try to live lives that are pleasing to him. And our behaviors, our actions, all of those things are reflections of our devotion to God. And just uh, jumping up Mm -hmm. uh, a little before what you just read, Mm -hmm. the eighth and ninth verse, it says, for once you were darkness, Mm -hmm. but now you are light Mm -hmm. in the Lord. Mm -hmm. Walk as children of the light. Live as those who are native born to the light. Mm. So not native born to the world that's in gross darkness. But now we're native born to the light. So it goes back to what you said. Of course, naturally, we're Americans and naturally I'm an African-American, but we're now born in the light, the light of Christ. Mm -hmm. So now we need to walk in that light. We're native born to that light. That's good. Yeah. Right. If you are saying that there is a change that has taken place, then there is a difference. Mm hmm. I was thinking about the fact that light, when you cut it on, there is no fanfare. It's just light, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So like the light is what exposes the fact that there was darkness. Mm. There is no explaining. It was dark. And once the light comes on, it's not dark anymore. Mm -hmm. So that's what Christ does. It illuminates the gross darkness that this world is in. And they're living in it, not knowing. Some of them have no clue how dark the world really is. Right. And it's the light of Christ that exposes. For some people, light is offensive. If yeah. you're if you're asleep or you're you're enjoying being in darkness, some people like to sleep in the pitch black, like pure dark. Mm-hmm. And if you just randomly or abruptly cut the light off, it's offensive for some people. Like, mm-hmm. what, what are you doing cutting the light on like that? Like, yeah. Yeah. you know, they don't want to just experience the brightness of the light. But that's what Christ's light does. It yeah. illuminates and it exposes the fact that you're in darkness. So the world is in gross darkness. We are now living in the light. Amen. So we should walk in that light. Amen. So jump into verse 15. It says, therefore, see that you walk carefully, living life with honor, purpose, courage, shunning those who tolerate and enable evil, not as the unwise, but as wise, sensible, intelligent, discerning people. Remember, we talked about discernment, making the very most of your time on earth, recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity and using it with wisdom and diligence. Why? Because the days are filled with evil. Therefore, do not be foolish and thoughtless, but understand and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. So this speaks to the intentionality of a Christian life and Christian lifestyle. We have to live on purpose. Seeking God's will for our lives, not allowing evil to be tolerated around us or even in us, right? Not that we're fixing it ourselves, but we present it to the fixer. So whatever issue that I have, I'm not going to let it linger. I'm not going to let it fester because that's wasting time. Right. I'm not making the most of the opportunity that God has given me to understand what he's put me here for. And these principles, these guidelines will help us in our because if you go further, the end of five, five Mm -hmm. and uh, I believe the beginning of six, six, Mm -hmm. it talks about 
our relationships. So, yep. you know, husbands and wives, children with parents, yep. parents with children, at work. husbands and wives at work, right? Because work relationships, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So all of that is in this umbrella, and God wants all of these changes to bleed into our relationships, right? right? So as you come into a better you, now that is supposed to make your relationships better. So opens up children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Right. Honor your father and mother. All these other things. Parents don't provoke your children. Right. Provoking your kids because you mad and now you're provoking your kids to be angry just because you have authority over them. Right. That's wrong. Don't show favoritism or indifference to any of them, but bring them up tenderly with loving kindness, the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Slaves be obedient to those who are your earthly masters. That's not necessarily saying slavery. So let's yeah, just put that out there. We're not talking about slavery from this country. Right. That's not what that was countries. not because <laughs> that was misused and that was the devil. Right. What this means is those who we are indebted to. Yeah. Paying off right? debt. So in layman terms, in modern day, your job. Yeah. Yeah. This is your boss. Yeah. So, so if you're working in a job, do your best to respect your boss and do what you're supposed to do. Right. And honor that commitment that you have. See, but that's what I'm saying. You will do that if you have allowed the Lord to work on you individually. Right. And you have now given him permission and access to those points of you personally and me personally that we want to keep sometimes. But we've surrendered our life to him because we see our value that comes from Christ. Like our identity is in Christ, not of ourselves. I'm more concerned about what God thinks. I'm less concerned about people liking me. Me respecting what God's done for me is actually more important than me being liked by other people. Because people pick us up and put us down all the time. That's just humanity. So rendering service to God through our lives is really us seeking to please the Lord and allowing the Holy Spirit to work through us, surrendering our lives and ourselves, not just because the Bible says so, but because we see the value that God has given us through Christ. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for this time. We thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to be able to share this time together and to learn who we are, who you are, and how precious the precious gifts and spiritual blessings that we have in Christ. We pray a special blessing, protection on every single listener. And we pray that as we continue in this series, that you will continue to show us the deep truths and the value that you place in our lives through Christ. Lord, this is our prayer in Jesus name. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by what we shared. You can follow us at Sunday Devotionals on Instagram and like us on Facebook, where we can continue our discussions and keep in touch. We love you all and pray God continues to bless and keep you.